Odyssey Richmond is the number one shop for all college basketball fans. We've got you covered. WRVA for UVA Hoops, 96-1 for Virginia Tech, WRNL for your VCU Rams. Midday host on WRNL 910 The Fan, Adam Epstein and his VCU alum friends will discuss the VCU basketball program weekly with insight, analysis, and interviews. This weekly podcast will be the answer for all Virginia Commonwealth Hoops fans. Call it! Call it! Call it! Call it! Call it! And this is the Black and Gold Fan Podcast. What's going on, Ram Nation? Welcome in to another edition of the Black and Gold Fan Podcast. We took a bye week last week, just like the Rams did, but we are here back again. It is Adam Epstein, myself, alongside Connor Bailey, Chris Mason, and Caleb Jones. And last time we met CB, you said the Rams have to go 1-1 one and one in their games against St. Louis and Dayton. Gotta feel good after accomplishing that. Absolutely, man. Uh, you know, the reason why I said one and one, I said specifically, if you want to finish first, you have got to take it, got to get at least one win in those two games. Uh, a sweep would have been awesome, but uh, getting at least one win to continue that pace, get get a game up on St. Louis, we're still a game up on Dayton. Uh, you know, the order, I kind of wish we would have won at home against Dayton, but heck, it was a fun night to win at SLU. Uh, kind of silenced their crowd. Ace Baldwin, thirty-seven points, most points by a VCU player in six seasons. Uh, and then, unfortunately, the Dayton uh, home game, they were they were down a couple guys, and quite frankly, we couldn't put the ball in the hoop that night. But uh, the important thing is we got that, that one-and-one stretch and uh, got to nine-and-three. So you said Ace was the most points we've had in a game in six years? Uh, f- five years, actually. It was the it was uh, February of 2018, Justin Tillman scoring 37 points. But, yeah, uh, I mean, but was, that performance was so much different because that was dunks and free throws. Uh, pretty much. Ace, it was just like, I mean, he— that shot he made with, I think it, it made a, it pushed the lead from three to five, where he kind of it was a jump shot. It hit, it got wedged between the, the back iron and the backboard. It's one of those shots where you only make that when you're having a night where you just can't miss. <laughs> so. He was on his mid range game was on fire, um, and you know he he loves that little pull up on his left side at the elbow, and he was working that thing all night. And uh, yeah, I mean I think he really established his dominance as one of the best point guards in the league against Yuri Collins, who we all regard as, you know, maybe the other best point guard. So I was really proud of Ace to, for that performance. And uh, not to overshadow our, our two bigs that night, I thought they played excellent. Uh, Jalen Deloach had a nice stat line. Double-double, 13 and 11. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Brandon Johns also in double figures. Uh, I thought he played really well. He He demanded a lot of attention in the post. They were doubling him. And, uh, yeah, it kind of opened up the entire offense. I, I, I really like that offensive performance from us. I feel like every team needs a Mr. Consistency, and that's what Brandon Johns Jr. has been for this team. And you're right, against St. Louis, 15 points, 6 rebounds. But it's the efficiency, 7 of 10 from the field goals, right? I mean, he's always shooting 65 70%, and he's got such great footwork, man. He's undersized, but he gets people in the air, and that's how it works for him. Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly I don't really think – He's undersized, in my opinion. 6'8", 240 is a good size big in the A-10. Uh, and even the Big Ten. I mean, he's he's got some weight to him. But the other thing, too, is he is good at drawing contact, and he's a pretty good free throw shooter as long as he can make the front end of them. So, yeah, just uh, to follow up with John saying – or. Talk, uh, to talk about Johns, he just is consistent. He's he he's one of the guys every night. I mentioned this on the three bid like pot a few weeks ago. You know Ace is going to score. You know Johns is going to score. 
And Johns just keeps doing that. You know, he's not a great rebounder like Deloach, but he's constantly going to put the ball in the hoop. He has quality spin moves. Uh, heck, last night against Rhode Island, he really helped us stay in the game in the first half. Um, but he, he had a good game at St. Louis. But the importance of just getting going one and one in that stretch, because we knew we had a week off, so we knew we had a kind of a, a time to reset. Going one and one, Dayton, ha- Dayton actually has the week off this week, but uh, we're still in position. We're leading the conference by one game. Uh, so. We had to do what we had to do in those two game stretch. Yeah, and now we're two and zero in games that you know the winner takes over first place in the conference. Beat Dayton at Dayton, beat St. Louis at St. Louis, and after the win last night, the Rams have now won six straight. Coach Rhodes is Road Warriors. I love it. But moving on to the Dayton game, you know, Caleb, what happened in your mind? From at one point we were up seventeen to six, the crowd was going wild. There's another sellout, then all of a sudden we're down by four. I thought I loved the start. I was like, okay, if this night's going to be like this, this is going to be a fun night. And, uh, you know, I think that uh, we got a little selfish and the ball got stagnant. Um, and not to pick on Ace because, again, he's probably our best player. But um, he, it, it, it seemed like he really wanted to follow up that St. Louis game with, a, with another great outing he went I think what six of 21 from the field and that's one of those things I can't blame him if I score 37 points I'm shooting the ball 50 times next game yeah and uh, I just felt like he was forcing it and we didn't really share the ball like we normally do um I mean I think that yeah he had where was it he had three assists and three turnovers so is it we're just uh, the guy that's leading our offense is just not sharing the ball like we really need him to Eight assists to nine turnovers in that game against Dayton. Dayton had 14 assists and 17 over. So turned the ball over a fair amount, especially at the very end of the game. It was if you follow Dayton fans on Twitter, they uh, they're never they're never happy with the end of game situations for Dayton. We we were lucky the first time we played them, but uh, that's 14 assists for Dayton. That's eight assists for us, and they won by four points. And, that's a problem. And just another note, I mean Kamara again. We yeah. just have no answer for him. You and well, I said it. <laughs> and, I like, and I like the matchup with Brandon Johns. I don't. But I don't, man. He's too quick for Brandon Johns, and he's too big for Kern and Shriver. He's too big for Kern and Shriver, yes. Like, taking putting Shriver out there at the fours, that's a tough matchup. Uh, I do. Th- I think Brandon Johns can keep up with him, but we switch on everything. Well, he, he can keep up with him, but not when Kamara is at the three-point line, takes one dribble and goes to the basket. Because yeah. twice it was like Johns was with him, and then once he takes the two steps and releases, Johns is nowhere near him. Right. And, you know, we did a good job on Holmes again. Um, and I like seeing that, but it's with those with their front court, it's like pick your poison, and uh, clearly it's not working out. So maybe we put a little more emphasis on Kamara if we – if we play them again. Yep, but you got to be happy with the one and one against St. Louis and Dayton, and the Rams controlled their own destiny with a full week off before they traveled to the Thomas M. Ryan Center last night in Kingston, Rhode Island. Connor, have you ever been to that stadium in Rhode Island? I have not been to a game at Because I know Island. you go to most away games, or at least you used to. Yeah, I have not been to, up to up to uh, Rhodey yet. No, to drink an Arrogance up there, and I haven't done that. <laughs> He's more um, of a Kingston, Jamaica guy. Yeah, exactly. I, I will uh, I will say, you know you know when you take a week off, you're on vacation for a week, and that first day or two back from work is kind of rough, you know, your your head's elsewhere. Well, that was the team last night. It just they had a, they had eight days, seven full days off. Played their first game in eight days, and um, the first roughly thirty minutes, we looked like crap. If Johns Jr. didn't just put the ball in the hoop in the first half last night, we'd be we would have been way up the creek. But uh, yeah, it was a ugly game. Uh, not a lot of fans in Rhode Island. They had a stretch in the in the Hurley era uh, where they had rowdy crowds, raucous crowds, if you will. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that was a that was an ugly game. Um, you guys can discuss the rest of it, but that first thirty minutes was ugly. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Offensively, 
You know, I just thought we were forcing a lot of shots. You know, a few possessions, we came down and then just chucked up a three. And ended up in the game 1 of 13 with Johns Jr., the only one that hit a three-point shot. And I thought the shot selection in the first half was not great. It, it was awful. And I thought that we were <laughs> a little too hesitant. Um, and I don't – I mean, yeah. If I were to pick one guy, like Jaden Nunn, I feel like he would beat his man – he had a seam to you know get to the hole maybe maybe dump down pull up, pull up but he uh he just kept passing the ball out on the perimeter with no actual action and we just felt like we'd rotate and then we'd just get some bad shot at the end of the shot clock that's a great point because there was it's not like we were doing nothing we were taking guys off the dribble getting at least into the paint or one foot near the paint and then kicking it back out and their rotations i think we're we're not giving uh, Rhode Island enough credit their rotations defensively in the first half were great their defense was good we we knew uh, Archie Miller coach teams at uh at Dayton their defense is always top fifty or at least the last you know four years and they made the tournament every year Indiana he had good defenses just had kind of crappy offenses so that's not a surprise and and the team plays hard uh, I will say Rhode Island overall we knew this is one of the least talented teams in the conference um, I was frustrated I, the one good thing in the first half I mentioned it in our group text is uh, Shriver finally had some good looks from three and two, two of them rimmed out the first half second half he took took a few three-pointers that I thought he shouldn't shouldn't have taken. But he had some good looks, finally. He's been getting face-guarded for a while. Uh, so overall, just kind of slept walk through that first 30 minutes. Then the, t- the tide kind of turned. You, quite frankly, a lot of it's Zeb, Zeb Jackson. He had a big shot late. We'll talk about that in a minute. But him coming to the game, he was getting turnovers, uh, getting fast breaks. Jameer Watkins getting wide up in dunks. So that was huge. And you mentioned none. None wasn't really a part of that the whole time. I don't, maybe it's just right. one of those nights he just didn't quite have it. It was kind of frustrating. Yeah, I, I just think it was an off night for him. Simple as that. Uh, same with Ace. Well, the, uh, the bench <laughs> unit won this game. I mean, yeah. you look at this, a couple stats to point out from the game. So first off, paint points, right? Like you mentioned Brandon Johns Jr. If he doesn't uh, provide his 17, the Rams aren't even close in this game against the other Rams of Rhode Island. John Jr. was great in the first half, but the paint points for the game total was 36 for VCU, 18 for Rhode Island. But like I said, bench points won this game. Rhode Island, two points off their bench. Two points. VCU, 23. You had a bunch from Watkins, uh, Jackson, Toby Lawal had that one big dunk. And Ed Nixon told me on my show today, that was the momentum-changing play when Toby came in, got the rebound, and put back dunk. I agree. That totally stuck out to me. Um, I mean, to, I mean, Toby, if he gets the ball within four feet, six, oh shoot, maybe even eight feet of the <laughs> basket, he, he can dunk on some people. And I think it did kind of fire the team up. Um, again, spark plug, Josh Banks. I, I, we need to get that guy on the court more. We, like we if, need to have a bit where it's like, yeah. what do we need to do right. to get Josh Banks more minutes? Yeah. His, he had the highest plus minus. Nine. He always does. Team. Yeah. So, yeah. And like, he was playing defense in within the last minute of the game. Like, Clearly, coach trusts them. Um, I'm gonna so. I'm gonna tell you guys this, and and let's have a discussion about this because this is actually we've got to break this down. Josh Banks plays so well, but doesn't get enough minutes, and it tells me that Coach Rhodes is thinking of the future. And he says Jaden Nunn in two years could be better than Ace Baldwin, and we've got to get more minutes for him. And he looks at it and he says, I don't think Josh Banks can play the small forward position. I, I think there's no doubt. I think this the same goes for Jameer Watkins. It's Nunn and Wat and uh, Watkins. Those guys have legit NBA aspirations because of their size and some of the things they can do with the basketball. So I, I, I do agree with you there. Um, is that sh- a little uh, farsighted? Maybe we should play the guys that are actually producing? Uh, yeah, I think so. But uh, th- that's a coaching decision for Mike. I, I don't think Banks is a guy. I don't think any VCU fan thinks Banks is going to go out there and play 20 minutes and score 15 points. 
But pretty much every time he's been in the game, other than that LaSalle game, the first A-10 game where he got popped in the face and just wasn't effective, he usually produces. Uh, he doesn't take bad, bad shots, which is helpful. So I think – I hope last night was the start of – and I know, look, I'm not, I'm not a head basketball coach. I was a baseball umpire. That's the only thing I can really – I can I can say I, – I, You I, weren't I, even I, good at that. I was quality umpire. <laughs> I just decided not to do it anymore because I wanted to drink on Saturdays and not umpire. So I'm not a basketball coach. I'm not going to sit here and tell someone else to do their job. I just uh, – when I watch Banks play, I feel like he needs to get more PT, and I hope that last night was the start of him getting more in the rotation. Chris, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I still think of him as a shooter, and I have confidence when, yeah, he comes in. I think he's one of the best we have, and we're one for 13 on three. Why not give him a shot? You know? Well, and, and he's such a good team player. Like right. He's not going to come in and just shoot the three, and even if he's wide open in his first look, He's going to get comfortable with the basketball, take a couple dribbles, and drive and kick out. He's just a hes a he's, smart player. Yes. He's crazy efficient. Yeah. Every time he comes in, it's the same thing. I know. And we need that stability. Maybe we just need to get Coach Rhodes on the show and, and hound him with this question. Yeah. I'm I, a, actually, I have him on the show tomorrow, but I, I'm too scared to ask that. Do it. <laughs> Let the junkyard dogs. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, just last thing, that would have been a rough p- plane ride back. Chris Long has a segment um on his podcast, the former UVA football player, and it's like, what NFL team has the worst plane ride back? So if they had lost that, if Zeb didn't come through clutch, that would have been tough. So it's probably a little more enjoyable, even with the Deloach injury. Yeah, you finally brought it up. Yeah, Zeb Jackson hit a buzzer. That was the first VCU buzzer beater since, do you know the stat, Caleb? It was announced uh, on Twitter uh, last yeah, night. like t- 2013. Nope, 2011 CAA tournament. Jamie, Jamie uh, Skeen against Drexel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've always known that. That was the last, we've hit last second shots. We were that was We were tied. tied. Yeah. It was like a spin move. It was like the least, Jamie Skeen's bank shot buzzer beater was the least, it was like kind of anticlimactic because it was like kind of an easy layup. Yeah. Um, we've hit, we've hit end of game shots a bunch over the years, but that was our first yeah. buzzer beater. But I tell you, man, um, you know, I'm sitting there at my house, we're streaming it, and you know, we, we uh Watkins has the tip in. First of all, it's a blatant goaltend on that Zeb drive. It was like blatant Yeah, it was clearly off I, the backboard and the guy blocked it and it's still thought the officials were okay last night. The game was so ugly I couldn't even like hate on the officials. Um <laughs> yeah, and then true. you know it was, it was the right call when Leggett took the the rack, ace fouled him. But I'm sitting there's four seconds left and I'm getting flashbacks of two years ago when Bones hits the big three to give us the lead, and then we Vince Williams fouls him at midcourt, leg it again, yeah. and then he missed the front on the one-on-one. But uh, how about Zeb just pulling up, man? Um, I mean, nothing but net. It was awesome. I mean, the release point on that thing was crazy high. Oh, I, don't, so high. I don't know if you know our tallest guy could have blocked that. Yeah, no, his athletic ability was on display. The fact that he was the 70, 71st player on ESPN's Top 100 out of high school, that was on display. There were 4.2 seconds left in the game, and the Rhode Island Rams had a 54-53 to 53 edge on VCU. With the inbounds pass, they had to go full court to take on the game-winning shot. Let's take a listen to Robbie Robinson on the call via Rams Unlimited. Rhode Island's going to defend in the backcourt. Shriver, Johns, Jackson, Baldwin, and Watkins with VCU down by one. Shriver to inbound. Shriver looks, gives it up to Zeb Jackson. Jackson with three, with two. Jackson for the win on its way. Bullseye! He won it! The Rams win! Rams win! Rams win! Zeb Jackson! Bucket maker! Zeb Jackson, bucket maker. Love it. How about it? I love it. Uh, Robbie's really good at what he does, first, oh, first and foremost. Second, I was You can wa- hear the passion. That's the yeah. thing. I was watching the broadcast, and they zoom in on like the scores table right after he hit that, or it was kind of like in the periphery, and I could see Robbie calling that and the excitement <laughs> on his face. 
And uh, yeah, like we said, just an awesome shot by Zeb. And uh, I kind of, I, I, I have a feeling that Zeb is kind of turning in a corner. And that, that's what excites me about that shot more than obviously, or I mean, winning is obviously the biggest part of it. But I think that that might get a, give him the confidence to kind of just take that next level because I think he's got a ton of talent. It's it's fun, man. Just seeing Zeb hit a hit the jump shot. I've been calling it all year early on in the season, like November, December. I said Zeb was our most efficient player off the bench. He was he was constantly wouldn't wouldn't hurt himself. Uh, then he kind of he's kind of had ups and downs and whatnot. Um, well, he had that shoulder injury that yeah, I think was a bigger deal than you know. They mentioned it last night in the post game. Yeah. Well, and on that interview you had with him two days ago, um, yeah, his back's been messed up too. Um, spasms and, and he's all that. and he's an athletic guy that yeah. you know anytime you have muscle issues that gets rid of your best yeah, feature quick, which is hustling with your muscles right yeah so, so just, it just sounds like he hadn't been fully healthy um, but I think you're right maybe this is the yeah not not he's not gonna score 20 points against Fordham Saturday but maybe he has another game 18 points uh, or 18 minutes with eight points off the bench uh, four steals a couple assists so I, I do feel you on that. well maybe it's not even scoring but it gives him the confidence to go to the basket and do some of these kick out passes that he's so good at yeah, I mean, and he flies around the court. Very solid ball handler, good free throw shooter. He gives a lot to us. Dude, he had this and, one sexy up and under oh, layup. Yeah, and that too, his layup package is ridiculous. So, so like, in. I mean, like we were we were talking about it last night. He's kind of got some Johnny Williams to him. Oh, but yeah, he's six five and he's he's huge. Um, you know, big long wingspan and really good defense. So I love what he's bringing to the table. And I hope that uh, his minutes just steadily increase. Yeah, and he's got a great-looking jump shot. I think it's more about consistency. You know, he jumps so high on the release, it's hard to make sure you do the exact same release point every shot. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, in, unless you're Ray Allen. Like, that is hard to mimic the exact same height on your jumper every time. Yeah, he, put, he puts so much spin. You mentioned the layup package. He puts so much spin on that layup. Yeah, like, yeah like, he's got mad English on that. It'll thing. go off the top of the backboard. Go, go to the front rim. Was dangle, he born in the UK? Dangle there yeah. and then come right. No, in. That's just Toby. So it's uh, <laughs> I love his layups are fun because it's like, yeah, I I enjoy watching him play and I hope he's on the verge of taking off. You're listening to the Black and Gold Fan Podcast, an affiliate of the New Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, Caleb Jones, Connor Bailey, myself, Adam Epstein, and the Professor. Chris Mason. Time's up, and the professor has arrived at classes with grades in hand. We're going to have recess all the time. How rowdy was the stew last night? Here to grade the crowd's performance, it's Chris Mason, crowd rating. All right, so there was a sellout, quote-unquote, at the Dayton game, correct? Yep, and correct. I saw a lot of empty seats. It looked completely empty straight across. I was on the west end side near behind the basket with Connor near the west end. Ed, is that the guy's name over there? But anyway, it yeah. looked empty straight across behind the students. And it brings me to a bigger point that I discussed with Adam post game. Um, we got some wings and we were upset after that loss. Yeah, <laughs> had some yeah. drinks and then. Um, the main thing I'm thinking of is the fr- current freshmen were born in 2005. So, <laughs> Woof. That's so crazy. 2011 means nothing to them. They, they were, were six years old. Six years old. They were so in diapers. Yeah, they were <laughs> some, yeah, not in potty train. Six year olds were <laughs> like, yeah, they're just so young. 2011 is like ancient history. It's like if we were in college and we saw like a 1999 banner it's like oh man that's so long ago so there hasn't been the pass down from the rowdy rams to each other and um because of covid that stopped it they haven't made an ncaa tournament run with people 
in it since 2019. It kind of stalled. There hasn't been any hype where it's like, oh, did you see we're ranked in the CT or like on Twitter? Or did you see like where we won our first game? Now we're going to, there's no energy on campus. So, I mean, in the West End, it was all these 40 year olds like standing up and they were the loudest ones and students were sitting down the whole way behind the bench and people like kept moving out from behind this 40 year olds instead of joining them. So yeah, I would give that like a C even though it got loud at the end. And we talked about this a little after the game that it, it, it feels to me like, you know, the student section was dead at times, but also campus life is kind of dead. Like, I did my show from the Commons, and I was surprised that it wasn't, you know, crazy like when we were in school. And I think a lot of that is just now you have online class, the pandemic. People love to sit at home now and study instead of going to the library in the Commons. And I don't know that campus life is as good as it used to be. I, I don't get it, man. I, I mean, I'd, I'd post up on the fourth floor of the library. That was back in my uh, – uh, Tobacco days. I'd bring a, bring, bring, a can, bring a can of Copenhagen, put it right there, get my cup right there, and piss everyone off on the fourth floor to spitting for you know at least an hour and a half. And I'm sitting the there, I'm like, every, everyone's hanging at home. I miss college. I'm spitting on the fourth floor. Uh, no, I, I do. I, Chris, everything you're saying makes sense. Um, I mean, it, we used to post up outside a Pizza Hut, right, and just go back for more swipes and pretend we're studying and watch the hot babes walk by. Right. I think the the tw- whole like 2011. I think that's kind of a lame excuse at times because we had we had a and Caleb came back we had good student crowds like 04 to 0, like 2010 it was always good student crowds yeah, yeah. pre 07 like 04 05 05 06 we always pat students maybe it was just because there wasn't a whole lot to do Richmond hadn't grown as much or you know we weren't quite a foodie city yet you know like we are now you know it so I think that's kind of a lame excuse I think you know you know, we're millennials. We're, we're just but tough. There's we're a lot tougher, of, yeah. There's a bandwagon fans who like, oh, That's they made valid. the final four and it was yeah. the momentum and just fell off. That's valid. Totally. Yeah. I, I will give the athletic department credit for manufacturing uh, what we will call sellouts. But still, I mean, they're putting some butts in the seats that haven't been there since COVID. And, uh, I, I don't uh, think for the, that. I, for that, I'm grateful. Yeah, I'm not mad at VCU Athletics at all. I think they're doing a great job, and I'm glad we got the sellout streak back. And the homecoming game tomorrow is the, is sold out. I yeah. think the issue is more sold out. It's it's more student, right? Like, totally, totally. Yeah. And I met a few listeners that are students uh, at the block party, and and they seemed fired up for the team, and I love them, and we want more listeners. But I want to see hundreds of people. You know, I want to see thousands of people at the block party, homecoming. I want to see people that were like me, Connor, and Brett, and Kevin losing our effing minds in the student section. Right, and right. who would? No one now would camp out for a game. Right, like we had Shockaville, Wade's World. Like now, it's just like, oh, why would I do that? <laughs> I kind of, I kind of hear the students in that one. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to camp out now. But when I was nineteen, it was easy though. So I, I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. No, I mean, look, at least we've got the sellout streak, but the next thing to work on is to get the crowd going crazy at all times because that was the biggest thing I noticed. At 17-6 to against Dayton, the place was electric. And then at halftime, down by four, it quieted down. And then we went on a bit of a run, and it got loud again. But when, in 2013, when we won student section of the year, every single media timeout, the place erupted, and the peppas would go crazy. And now it's like once every three media timeouts. So that's my biggest issue is that we've got the sellouts now, Let's get the noise like as if it was a sellout. You're right, brother. You're right. (laughs) Yeah, you guys are just shaking your heads. That's because you're right. We got nothing to add. All right. Now it's time to hand it off to the stat monster, Caleb Jones. What in God's holy name are you blathering about? Let's hand it off to Caleb Jones, the stat monster. I got good news and I got bad news. (laughs) So... 
how many turnovers have we had over the past three games dating back to that St. Louis win? Uh, we are protecting the ball. That's the good news. The bad news is we're not sharing it too well, especially our quarterback and leader, Ace Baldwin. We had 10 turnovers against St. Louis, 9 against Dayton, 10 against Rhode Island, all under our mark of 12, which is great. Um, you know, a very welcome change from earlier in the season. The problem is Ace Baldwin, uh, he had two assists, one turnover against St. Louis, three, tur- three assists, three turnovers against Dayton, four assists, four turnovers against Rhode Island. Uh, I expect that to get back to normal, uh, but we need to share the ball more. What ratio would you like to see? For well, example, that, we had la- uh, against Rhode Island, what, 20 made buckets and ten assist, nine assists? So, yeah, Rhode Island, we had, let's see, nine assists, ten turnovers. So that's a negative ratio. That's not good. I oh, want to so see. You're doing it assist versus turnover. I was thinking assist per made bucket. No, I what I like to track is ace aces assist to turnover. And I, it, you know, at the beginning of when we started this, I stated that, you know, he's our he's our floor general and he needs to have at least a two to one, which he does. And uh, typically, it's pretty good. So we just need to get ace back on track there. Um, the second thing that we like to monitor is our Ken Palm adjusted defensive efficiency, which is 29th in the country. Still pretty good, hanging in the 20s um, and up from like the 50s where it started. Uh, the problem is on offense, we've shot up to 189. We got down in the 160s and we were shooting the ball really well. So there's been a big time regression uh, in that department. Uh, the third thing is the foul count for Deloach because, as we all know, we need his defensive presence and rebounding. And he had three fouls against St. Louis, two against Dayton, one against Rhode Island, and then he suffered that injury. So, obviously, that game was shortened. Um, but Jalen Deloach has played great the past three games, um, you know, uh, barring that injury. He had 13 points, 11 rebounds against St. Louis, 11 points, nine rebounds against Dayton. I, I felt like he turned a corner. Yeah. That's why that injury it killed me. It's funny, really funny. I was walking back to my car after that Dayton game, and I and a young – he was definitely like a college student. And he was like, why don't we feed Jalen Deloach? He's an absolute post-presence. And I was like, that was totally, you know, out of, out of nowhere – and I was like, wow, like this, he's got a point. Like, Jaylen so there are Deloach, students that do care. <laughs> Jalen Deloach is holding it down in the post against two, the two of the, the best front court in the A10. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I really like how he's progressed, uh, you know, across the board. Um, so those are the three things I like to follow to monitor. But uh, a crazy stat over the last five games, uh, dating back to the, you know, we played George Mason. We had a good shooting night. So the last five games since then, we were 11 from 74 from three. Fourteen point eight percent, and Ace so, had, yeah, you're probably about to say it, but Ace had four of them in the St. Louis game. Yes, yeah, so that's four. We, of the we double so we, that. We double that. That's not even good. I enough. mean, we're 28% talking. Twenty eight percent is not we're good. We're talking enough. performances no. of one for nine. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, zero for nine against Davidson. One for thirteen against Rhode Island. Uh, I mean, it's just absolutely abysmal shooting. Right. So, we talked about when we were shooting the ball crazy hot in the middle of the conference season. Are we gonna Are we gonna regress? <laughs> regress to the mean, your favorite word. <laughs> we, re, you know, and we already talked about this. We regre- regressed way past that. Now, are we gonna regress back to the mean in a positive way? 
Meet halfway. You know, like, just yeah, in the middle, somewhere. Twenty five percent. Would you yeah. say we're just 30%, ice cold? Just thirty percent. Would you say we're more ice cold or we're more the ball is sticking and we're not getting open looks? What would you like? Yeah, put up. Um, yeah, it's it's a very legitimate question, and I think that our offense, uh, it like I've said before, it like lacks some teeth. It lacks like uh, movement with a purpose. It's it's a structure. It's not like an offense where like you make this cut then. If you don't do that, then you kind of botch the play. It just doesn't have like a, a singular focus where you have a main scoring option and a secondary scoring option or even a third scoring option. Um, so I, that's kind of a critique of Rhodes, in my opinion, and we've, we've talked about that earlier this year in the out-of-conference play. Um, so, you know, that's not going to change overnight. That's, a system, that's like a system type of thing. Um, so, anyways, we – we need paint touches. We need to be aggressive, play off the bounce, kick it to the wings. Um, what's with, We're going to see what's going to happen with Deloach here. Johns is going to get a ton of attention. We have to be very efficient getting the ball into the post and then whipping it around once he gets double teamed. Because he, he will gonna, get double teamed. He's going to get double teamed every time he gets the ball in the post, which yeah. is great. But you just have to know how to work the ball to the to the to the weak spots of the defense. Yeah, you have to be prepared to handle the double team. You know, I mean, this is completely different. But Virginia Tech defeated UVA earlier this season because Justin Mutz was getting double teamed and was terrific passing out of the double team. They were getting layups and open threes. We've got to do something like that with Brandon Johns. And speaking of Brandon Johns, the Michigan men were a big reason for the win last night. Johns Jr. and Zeb Jackson combined for 26 points, including the game winner. Well, I had Zeb Jackson on my show earlier this week and asked him about recruiting Brandon Johns Jr. So basically, when the coach were recruiting me, um, after a little bit, I kind of had a good idea I was coming here. So when I figured that out, I took some time to announce it. But even before I announced it, every day I was just telling Brandon, like, because like, we live together. So I, when I wake up, I see him in the living room, or I see him first thing in the morning, I'd be like, I just stare at him like, you know, you know what you look like today, and we'd just be staring at each other. I'd be like, "You look like a ram today," <laughs> and I just keep saying that each and every day. And then eventually, uh, I had some like actual serious conversations about it with him, uh, obviously. But yeah, after a little bit, he ended up picking here. And even just like a couple weeks ago, I told him, I was like, "Man, it's crazy! Like we're really here together." How about that? So our point guard also belongs in the scouting department. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's awesome to hear that. Uh, you know, we uh, Brandon Johns Jr. was on your show earlier this year, and uh, you know, kind of briefly told that story. But it's cool to hear Zeb say it. But man, uh, the fact that we got two guys from the same school, I, I I feel like that's still not appreciated enough. I mean, from the same school, not just a kind of a random school, Michigan. I mean, they were one seed in the tournament two years ago. <laughs> they were right. both in that team. Uh, so seeing well, that's the thing is they're not just on that team, but they played. Uh, yeah, especially Johns had, had like 16 points against Florida State in this week 16 two years ago. But uh, he, they're brothers. You know, you're, when your teammates are brothers together, and that they came, it, it's did, just so cool to hear that. Did he say that there are roommates at Michigan? Yeah. See, that's even crazier. Right, because they're not even close to the same year, right? right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it was like a grad senior. and yeah, They just uh, got along. Essentially a sophomore. Yeah. It's it's awesome to hear. I didn't. I totally missed that. It, it's a good call. <laughs> so I, it's just it's it's fun to have two guys come here um, that have especially Johns. But then, I mean Zeb is making an impact, and and we knew Johns was more of a we knew he was a grad transfer. We knew Zeb. Zeb came here. He knew he had multiple years to kind of get going. So, but uh, that, that's an awesome interview. Yeah, it's just a funny image of the, him like Brandon Johns waking up going to his fridge, and he's just like 
Zev is like peeking around the corner, <laughs> just like I, looking I, at him. You in look the like a ramp today. I do yeah. have one more question. Like, uh, there's no tampering there, right? Uh, <laughs> because I want to know how you know how far into the season Zeb's like, all right, I'm transferring. And then like VC, okay, VCU's the destination. And then when does he start recruiting Johns? Might just, have been a just, summer. Just thing. thinking out yeah. loud there, but yeah. yeah, no, no, it's cool, and it's funny how it's worked out. I also asked Zeb why, or I asked Zeb what makes this team go right when are they at their best and how are they able to fight through adversity i love the answer from point guard zeb jackson who also had the confidence to hit the game-winning shot last night uh i say we're at our best when we're playing together i mean when we're all playing together moving the ball getting paint touches uh when we end the game with a lot of paint touches and assists within the team i think we're, we're at our best so um, it's important for us to keep doing that and moving on. And as far as being number one, I mean, we're not, it's not really a focus of ours. Obviously it's, it's great, but, um, our focus is really just getting better each and every day in practice and in the games. And like coach says, always making sure we're playing tough and together when game time comes. Yeah. And playing together is when this team is at their best. For example, the backdoor cuts, which I haven't seen in the last few games or the, in, the interior passing from Deloach to Johns Jr. That's been very impressive at times, but it's about consistently playing together. Yeah, and it's great comments from Zeb. Uh, we had that stretch of basketball where, you know, we were one and one. We lost to the Kane. We were one and one. And we won six straight games. And really, other than the road Dayton game, every game, the other five games, we just kind of handily won. And it, it felt like we were just kind of, the, the, it never felt close. The, the games never felt close. And a lot of them weren't. But uh, no, it is cool to hear Zeb say hey, we're best when we're playing our team basketball because there's been games, uh, specifically, I, I mean, last night against Rhode Island, I, we didn't play team basketball until the last 10 minutes. Uh, but Dayton, uh, Caleb mentioned in his, in his, in his segment, we, have been passing the ball around as much. Uh, heck, St. Louis, it was it was the ace show. Um, but like the second half against Davidson, you saw it, we kind of grinded out a win. Uh, and that's something we badly need against Fordham Saturday because Fordham's ready to play. They're playing good basketball right now. We yeah. need to play team basketball. Yeah, mm-hmm. let's get right into it. That's the homecoming game this Saturday. It's going to be rocking. We've got the block party before the game. I've heard Mo Ali Cox, Briante Weber, maybe even Eric Mayner making an appearance. That would be awesome. But the Fordham Rams... Pretty good this season. First place is on the line. What do you think, Bailey? Uh, well, first off, these are not your father's Fordham Rams. That's the first thing I'm gonna say. We're not even our college Fordham yeah, Rams. Yeah, they. I mean, they haven't. They've. They've always been bad in the A10. They were bad for years. The last time they made the tournament was '91. They weren't even in the A10 that year. I think they were in the MAC or it was a different conference. But uh, regardless, you know, they had that good out of conference. I think it was 10 and two or 11 and two, and everyone's like, eh, they play a fluff schedule. Hey, they're playing good basketball right now. They're they're nine and four. There's a buzz at Rose Hill Gym. I'm pretty sure Tony um t- uh, around the horn. Tony Reale was there last night. He's a Fordham grad. Like they're getting people to like Fordham. Fordham's a very good academic school. They have good alumni. Mike Breen, NBA uh, ESPN announcer, is a, a Fordham grad. But they're getting like famous people to come to games right now. Um, so they're they're in a situation. Uh, VCU's ten and three. That Dayton, Fordham, and St. Louis are nine and four. They're tied for second. They have no pressure on Saturday. They're we're the, we're the team with the pressure. Fordham's coming in. They even though they're playing good ball, spread will probably be what four, five. So it'll be a few points going VCU's way. I'm guessing. And Fordham has no pressure. I mean, between Darius Quisenberry, the young Sound State transfer, Cleed uh, Moore is a baller. The Georgia Tech transfer. I mean, he's averaging fourteen and seven in conference play right now. Um, they got to come down here, and you know we'll, we'll see Jalen Deloach's diagnosis. But the assumption is we're not going to see him Saturday. Just that quick of an injury. Mm-hmm. Um, we got to be ready to play, man. And, and I, I'm kind of liking the 2:30 start. Uh, we've had some 
Bonaventure and Dayton, both those games, it felt like the lid was going to pop off at some point, and it's ne- the team never took it. We need to play good team basketball. You know, it'll probably be close in the first half, kind of a rock fight. Florida's a top 100 defense, but I want to see some runouts. I want to see some Jameer Watkins dunks. I want to see some Zeb Jackson steals and dunks, and I want to see our stars, former players. You mentioned I've heard Mo, Maynard, Weber. I've heard these stars coming. I want to put on a good show, and the game will end at 430, and I have the rest of the night to drink. <laughs> Just being honest with you, that's that's yeah, yeah. that's my take on Saturday. Wow. Honesty is the best policy. So I'm looking at the stats here in Fordham. Just like VCU, very much a second half team. They've been they scored 384 points in the first half and 518 in the second. That's a large gap. Yeah. Also, not a great three point shooting team. 28 percent on the season. That's good for us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean this this like Connor said, this is going to be a classic rock fight. Um, yeah. And just thinking back to that Rhode Island game from last night. Um, I know I asked you guys this in the text thread. Um, I remember obviously Brandon John's three to start the game. I don't think that we had any shot like outside of 10 feet that entire game until the Zeb, until the Zeb game winner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, think that, I, think I right. honestly, I don't know if there's one shot that wasn't a layup or a, or a free throw. I think ACE might've had a couple to contest it. He, had he only had two free throws. Two That's free throws. No, I'm not. I'm saying that missed. Oh, you're talking about no. That I'm talking in. about that went in. Yeah, no. So that I, was I, so like, I think that three made it. Set, I think we had four points. He had a three to make it seven, yeah. and then Zeb. I think you're right. Like, so like Kern had like nine, and those are all layups and free throws, <laughs> like everything. So uh, I mean, if we can stretch the floor out a little bit, a it's going to help a ton. We well, have to. That's why I think as much as we can talk about the statistics for the Fordham Rams and their best players, this is one of those games where. VCU has to play their style of basketball to win, and they're going to have to play better than their average without a guy like Jalen Deloach. Yeah, make make it a minimum of five threes. Yeah, and then cause 20 turnovers, right? I mean, we've yeah. got to get back to making the Seagull Center where Havoc lives. If if the assumption is Deloach can't play, uh, you, you got a guy like Khalid Moore gets a lot of rebounds. This is the kind of game I like to see Jameer Watkins play well. He played great in the second half. For most of that second half last night, he was, I mean, getting tip-ins and whatnot. He had that one play where... I kind of feel he went for the dunk. Um, I don't know if anyone yelled out, "Hey, you got a trailer right they, there." They definitely didn't, and that's just. And, and yeah, I, I, I want to diss on him. Yeah. If if I could dunk, I would have dunked it too. So I'd, I don't want to hate on him too much. But uh, we need him Saturday against Fordham. Fordham's a tough, physical team. Uh, Coach and staff's got Fordham ready to play overnight. We need someone who has got size, especially if we don't have to loach out there. Yeah, but you mentioned that play, so that was an easy two points. He got fouled, missed one free throw. We almost lost the game by one point. So every point matters, especially in conference play. But I'm looking forward to this homecoming game Saturday. And like we said, it's going to be a sellout. I'm expecting uh, the crowd to be loud. And I think the players are going to use that to their advantage. And, and look, Ace Baldwin's going to bounce back. He's not going to shoot 0 for 10 again. That probably won't ever happen again in his college career. Yeah, I I have full confidence in Ace. And I'm honestly not too worried about that. I just think that we need to defer to our teammates a little more. The only other thing is where's the rebounding come from? That's my big question outside of shooting. This is the Black and Gold Fan Podcast. I'm Adam Epstein alongside Caleb Jones, Connor Bailey, and Chris Mason. We each have our own segment every week, and now it's time for This Week in VCU History. This Week in VCU Basketball History. Every episode, Connor will break down a memorable game in VCU basketball history that took place during this week in time. Well, there's a first time for everything, guys, and this is my first memory game where we actually lost. Uh, February 16th, 2008, VCU hosted Old Dominion. 
Uh, so this game was on ESPN2, and for VCU fans in 2008, if you're on ESPN2, it's a pretty big game. Uh, we'd entered that game 18-6 and overall, 12-2 and in the CAA. ODU was 13-13 and overall and 8-6 and in the CAA. And uh, at that point, VCU was kind of the bad boys of the CAA. Uh, Mason was two years of a Final Four run, but uh, VCU in 2006-2007 dominated the CAA, went 16-2, and uh, and then beat Duke in the first round of the NCAA tournament. We had that young a young coach, Anthony Grant, who just come, who was part of the Billy Donovan coaching tree. Uh, and we were kind of feared. And we had a player, Eric Manor, who was only a junior then, who eventually made the NBA, played for about six years in the NBA. But we were kind of the bad boys of the of the uh, CAA then, just like we've kind of been the bad boys of the A-10. Um, ODU, the year before that, 2006-2007, was an at-large, where 12 seed in the NCAA tournament, had a lot of seniors, Valdis Facilius, Drew Williamson, and guys like that. Uh, so the next year, they were they were mediocre. They were Like I said, they were 13-13 overall. And uh, VCU had won at ODU earlier that year, 78-68 in January. They led by as many as 16, kind of a blowout. Uh, so at this point, Siegel Center has been open for, this was year nine of the Siegel Center. Uh, ODU was over at the Siegel Center. Had zero wins, had not won there, and they played every single season because we were in the CAA together. Um, VCU led 36-33 at the half, 58-51 with seven minutes to go, 59-53 with 4.23 to go, and heck, 63-57 with two minutes to go after Manor hit a couple free throws. Uh, but a local guy, Brian Henderson, was he Verina High School? Uh, probably, yeah. Yeah, I think he's, I think he's a little a little younger. I think he was I think he's Verina. He's definitely an East End guy. I think he's Verina High School. But Brian Henderson from ODU didn't have the best ODU career. I think he was kind of a disappointment for someone who was awesome in high school. Um, and he never did anything against VCU until this night. He hits a three to cut it, or he hits a jumper and then a three to cut it to 63-62. Manor loses a ball, gets fouled by Brandon Johnson. Uh, they hit two more free throws. ODU's all of a sudden, they're leading 64-63. to uh, Maynard gets called for a charge. Nowadays, it, was, it would have been an easy charge because he like kind of went up and kind of jumped on it. Like it was, he made the bucket, but they called a charge. Nowadays, they, they'd call it a charge in a heartbeat. Uh, all of a sudden, we're down one with 52 seconds left. Uh, ODU milks the clock, 35-second shot clock then, and Brian Henderson hits another three. So he scores eight, eight of the ten points to take a 67-63 lead with 18 seconds left. Jamal Schuler comes down and drains. I mean, it's like a 30-foot three to cut it to 67-66. So we got eight seconds left. This is a gold out at VCU, and this is the era. Chris, you mentioned earlier about VCU fans kind of – almost like a bummer right now students there was this is the time students in the first five rows facing the benches i said first four or five rows students remember they in that middle section they sat they stood there Dang. yeah so like it, it felt like you were at auburn or some of these schools that have the um, uva has it yeah. behind the benches so for a brief stretch of the seagull center you had bring uh, that students. back yeah it, it, something to do with season tickets i don't <laughs> know what happened but it's it's a gold out it's happening uh vcu trailing by one they fouled darius james with eight seconds left uh freshman darius darius james who odu fans always kind of complained about he always dogged us he misses both free throws we have no timeouts manner gets the ball runs on the court final seconds about to shoot a jumper and brian henderson the senior from richmond blatantly fouls manner i'm talking grabs his arm there's arm marks on manner still <laughs> ref swallows his whistle and it was just may i mean odu's pumping their chest and stuff first time they won at the sequel center i remember jamal Schuler, our seniors just sat there on the bench like just staring like what the heck? i mean it, it was we were starstruck uh vcu pav had a big sign it said wtf um <laughs> but it was just an awful night awful loss for vcu 67 66 first time we lost to odu one of the more uh one of the more depressing nights at the sequel center uh at that point because we were kind of we kind of thought we were you know you know, we thought we were the best team in the CA. Ended up going to the CA tournament, losing to William and Mary, making an IT. But uh, that was that was an awful night. Were you there? I know you were in school then, Caleb. But you, uh, you know, probably was not there. But you, no. I know you've seen the highlight. Manor got it. Manor yeah, got yeah. Bounced. I mean, I watched every game. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's it was <laughs> it was it was a blatantly bad foul. You look call. like you're ready to scream about that play, dude. It was it was just it was an awful call. 
Um, uh, the charges would have sent me out of the yeah. So, arena. but uh, <laughs> yeah. So I'll be honest. I uh, because it was a loss, I decided not to do the whole uh, starting five or, or point score tonight. But uh, it was um, VCU ODU rivalry back then. Caleb can can confirm. I wouldn't bring kids to those games. They they no, were there were no, fights I mean, in the like, stands. Like it was brutal. I'm not the type that talks trash <laughs> to like other fans at games, and like I had to be separated from ODU fans multiple times. Yeah. So, um, but I it was I don't even know what got into me. We only, we only lost two. ODU has, is like two and fourteen or two and fifteen at the Seagull Center. Uh, that was one of their wins. Other win was 2010, 2011. So awful night at the Stew, but uh, it's a memory that if you bring it up with Maynard, he'll just shake his head. He he knows he got fouled. So I'm not very familiar with that game and that roster at the time as much. Uh, Larry Sanders looking at the box score right now, two points. Freshman, right? Three box, yeah, two rebounds. Yeah, he blocked Gerald Lee, who was like an all-CAA player from uh, from Finland for ODU. I remember he blocked him, and Larry's like pumping his chest and stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, who started? I'm curious. Kirill. Yeah, let's, let's do it. Joey. Oh, well, I mean, oh, Joey started? Yeah. Oh, well, I was going to say Manor Schuler, Gwen, Kirill, and Larry, but that's not right. To, uh, take out, it was, you got to take out Kirill and put Joey in there. Okay. So, and, and, and take out Gwen and put Femini in there. Femini started that night. Did he really? Yeah. Wow. So. Yeah. And then who's M.A. Anderson? Michael, got, Anderson? Michael Anderson. Michael Anderson. Oh, he played shoot. a lot. Yeah. He, um, he didn't, that night, if memory serves, he didn't play down the stretch because he was kind of a, he was a really good athlete. He only played 12 minutes. Yeah. He was night. an athletic big guy. I remember that. I remember my dad like be, being like, he's not, you know, he's not built for VCO. He was like from Tidewater, too. I remember it was a whole thing my dad said. Was it, uh, he's on the TVT, right? Yeah. yeah. Mike, Mike Nice, dude. Cool guy. Funny, funny dude. Yeah, he had, he had a good career. Yeah, good, uh, really, really good athlete. He was kind of a bonehead. He was good for a good for like a just an awful turnover now and then. But um, hey, it was it was a it was a bad night at the Seagull Center that night. But we love going down memory lane, and it works out because we release a new episode every Thursday, and that's our little Throwback Thursday segment. Now it's time for a Wad's Energy. <laughs> It's time for AWOD's Energy. What about VCU Hoops has AWOD pumped up for this week? I mean, it's got to be the homecoming game. I had so much fun the last time we had a block party. I encourage you guys to come on by. encourage the listeners to come on by. There's going to be a beer truck. There's going to be a a bunch of T-shirts, jerseys, swag uh, for you to get. There was Chick-fil-A sandwiches last time. And uh, I do a little bit on the mic as well as a Facebook Live. And I enjoy it. It's a great time for me to get out there and, and meet the fan base and grow the brand and grow the audience. And we want to get more listeners to the Black and Gold fan podcast so uh, what am i hyped about this week it's the homecoming game you know i was never a big homecoming fan when i was in college i would go to the game but i never went to like the homecoming concert that wasn't my thing but the homecoming game was always a big deal for me and i'm looking forward to it and i really hope we don't have a third consecutive sellout loss because that would break my heart (laughs) that's that's crazy to even think about um yeah, I hope that we sell out, uh, or I mean, obviously it's sold out, but I just hope that, uh, you know, all the students come and they bring the energy that, uh, you know, AWOD's going to have. Yeah, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be loud. All right, you can always send us a voicemail by getting in touch with us. Where can you find us on social media? The Black Gold Fan Pod, Twitter, Instagram, also subscribe, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Absolutely, and you can slide into our DMs. And this week we had Ed Nixon, former Rams star and legend from the 2011 Final Four squad, send us a voicemail, another celebrity voicemail. Adam, what's up, man? Love the show, man. Keep up the good work. Yo, so last night's game, VCU was, they really made that difficult. 
very slow start, very lackadaisical on defense. But, you know, VCU's a second-half team, so I figured they'd come out and, and do pretty good in the second half, which they did. Thank God for for Zeb Jackson, right? What a shot. Um, you know, I think overall this season, they have really did well. I mean, first place in the A-10, chance to win the regular season, and they, it's all in, they can control their own destiny. What more can you ask for, right? <laughs> but, yeah, I have a question for you. With Deloach out, how do you think the team's going to respond? Who needs to step up? Will we see Toby? Will Shriver get hot? Is Zeb Jackson going to take over like he did yesterday? Or maybe Jameer Watkins? Let me know. All right, man. Peace. That was a great voicemail from Ed. What do you think of the question? Thank you, Ed. Yeah, great question. Um, so, obviously losing Jalen Deloach hurts a ton. But I do think I like what this might present for us offensively. I think that Jameer slides into the four, um, and he has rebounded pretty well, and rebounding is going to be a big question mark. But I think that this is going to be your typical type of VCU offensive team. Um, You know, when you think back the past five, ever since Mike Rhodes took over, really, we've been a four guard out um, with usually like a a combo four with Vince or, uh, you know, uh, Travion Graham. I mean, obviously he didn't coach him, but you know th- that's how it's been for a long time around here. Um, you know, the team with Santos Silva and all those guys. We had four guards. I just think that it's going to open up some some space on the floor, unclog the paint. Johns, like I said, is going to have to deal with those double teams and on the block well. Uh, but if we can whip that ball around, I think we're going to get some easy shots. So you're very confident the lineup change is Jameer Watkins into the starting lineup. I think so, yes. Connor, would you argue that? I want to see Jameer eat. That's what I'm saying. I want to see him play the four. I want to see him get some rebounds. Mir. I want to see Mir eat. Because yeah. of that, I'd like to see a little more Josh Banks coming in because that, that'll – with one one player out of the rotation, especially you take someone who can play the three, Jameer, put him down at the four. I want to see Josh Banks potentially come in at the two, put Kern at the three. I'm, you know, I'm just hypothetically at a rotation. Um, I, I want to see a big – if we win Saturday, and if say we win – not saying we win by, win by 20, but we have a convincing win, you know, eight, 12 points, it's because Jameer Watkins is pushing for a double-double. I want to see – Toby Lawal be the first man off the bench if Jameer Watkins is going to start. Because like you said, at least for this year, we're so comfortable now playing with two post players, and we need the interior passing. And so I think you've got to get more minutes from Toby Lawal, maybe even a Christian Furman. Um, Shriver's probably going to play more uh, this game, but I think you've got to go with a bigger lineup. And then Jameer will then move from the four to the three, and Nick Kern will come out. Yeah, so that's the next big question is how do you spell Johns because obviously he needs a break. Um, I don't know what, how many minutes a game he's averaged, but I would assume it's probably like right around a little over 20. Um, so, yeah, and I think – A little over 20. I'd say over 30. I'd say it's like 32. You think so? 29 oh, yeah. and a half in thir- okay. 13, yeah. 13 A-10 games, 29 and a half. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he and he that's going to go up a little bit. He's, he's going to be a tired guy, but I think that either LaWall or Furman – and I, I, you know, LaWall's biggest um, weakness right now is offensively at the top of the key. He just looks like he doesn't know what to do with the ball. Yeah. Um, so if him or Furman can get that straight, I think Furman's got great size. I think he can rebound a little better than we'd expect. Um, so, yeah, I, one of, those guys have to spell Johns effectively. I mean, is it crazy to put it out there that this might be a blessing in disguise in the long run? As much as we love Deloach and I think he's going to be a star at VCU, we weren't getting any minutes for Furman and LaWall in the past five or six games. Yeah. I mean, you just weren't getting anything. 
the opportunity is there for these guys. Look, we saw Lowell play last night. He put in some quality minutes. The opportunity is there. Do they want it? That's the question. Yeah, because we're going to need those guys in March. I, I just feel like, especially in come tournament times when you play three games in three days, now it's different this year because you'll play Thursday, day off, and then Saturday, Sunday, but you're going to need a deep bench. Agreed. It's their time. This is the Black and Gold Fan Podcast. Now it's time for our final thoughts. Chris, you want to give it a go? Yeah, I'm not worried about Fordham. It, I, it reminds me of UMass kind of. like It was like, oh, a Maroon team, they're good this year, and then we <laughs> won by like 30, and we're at home. We'll be more focused. I think we'll get the dub. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep that receipt when it's a close game. But uh, yeah. <laughs> final thought, Adam, you said you didn't really care for the homecoming festivities. Weren't, didn't you escort our friend at homecoming for one, like our junior year? I did, yeah. But see, that was on the court, right? Okay, fair enough. I did. I <laughs> our, our friend JG, all right, her nickname has always been JG LMNOP. And uh, <laughs> she won homecoming queen. I believe it was our – was it a sophomore year? I think it was junior year. I think, I think it was junior year. And I escorted her, escorted her out to the – Center of the court there, and honestly, I thought she was gonna lose. Like I was turning around, and I was seeing like, <laughs> I, honestly, like I was seeing like the president of the hottest sorority, right? And the, the and another girl that was like a math genius, and like, and then it was just a little old JG, right? It was our friend, and uh, yeah, she ended up winning the whole thing. It was the, it was one of the coolest moments, uh, just like seeing her win and giving her a hug congratulations and i i believe i was the one that put the crown on her head i, th- I think you're right yeah it was just a, it was that was thanks for bringing that that up connor that was a great memory well, i saw kendrick lamar in like i think it, this is like january of 2012 before he really blew up at vcu homecoming by the wow. way if, you, if you've ever been to a concert at the seagull center don't go it's awful for concerts <laughs> it's, it's not there's no room to, there's nowhere to like you feel awkward there it's just weird. well part of it is i grew up going to basketball games as you guys know and you know, it's just it's just weird not watching basketball in there. So, uh, but yeah, homecoming. Let's come out and win. I'm excited. I'm gonna be drinking at like 10:30 or 11. Caleb already Caleb already told me that, that, that that's the rule on Saturday. So, that's right. um, yeah. be doing that. And then it's hey, it's 4:30. It'll still be light out. Um, I'm excited. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna keep it simple. Let's hit the front end of our one and one free. Oh post. my god. Yeah. I mean, you hang, you. I feel like every game we leave six points. Well, that was the that was a the half, biggest almost. thing for the loss against Dayton. Yeah, yeah. ten to twenty for the foul. I mean, Rhode Island it killed us. Yeah, we, had yeah. F- we missed four front ends against uh, against Dayton, three in the first half. But uh, I mean, I mean, they're free, man. No, yeah. none's the one. Who, none's a good free throw shooter, and he's the one who misses them. I, yeah, I mean, I, I don't even know. Hit, I mean, hit the front end of your one and one free throws. I, I feel like free throws have been an issue for ten years at VCU. Maybe longer, that's just longer me. than that. <laughs> Trust me. Yeah, I appreciate everyone listening to the show. You can get in touch with us on social media. I'm at AWOD Radio. You can find the podcast by searching the Black and Gold Fan Podcast on Odyssey, Spotify, iTunes, and more. Subscribe, leave us a review, and spread the word. Tell anyone who's a member of Ram Nation. Go Rams, go. We'll see you guys next show.